Mentor. Sherpa. Counselor. Nah, just a clever guy doing cool shit. It's Rebet Live. On Today FM. Back at it. Shock ones. Kia ora everybody, what's up? Rebecca Hollis here. Episode 304. Also week two on Today FM. We learned a lot last week. Joined here by the one and only TT, exec producer extraordinaire. How are you, my brother? Good, mate. How you doing? Good, bro. We're back at it. Um, I'd like to start off the show by letting everyone know my heart rate uh, last week started the show at 115 and gradually made my way down to 87. And I'd like to let everyone know that it's actually only uh, 90 right now. So already that means, TT, not only have we learnt from last week, I'm feeling a lot more calmer, relaxed. I've got my my apple juice has just, you know, got me in the vibe for, for, for week two on today. And I'm really excited for today's show. How's, how's the week been? Are we ready to get into it? Let's boogie. Yeah, man, let's do it. I'm keen as... Game on. All right. Hey, well, TT, if we're going to do that, give me back, back shook ones again. I'll do. I'll, I'll, I'll keep the intro rolling and then we'll get into it. Give oh, me mate, back my I, shook I, ones. I just closed it. You have to give me... No. Do you want me to get it back up? Yes. All right. Because it's shook get, ones. It sets the tone. It let everyone know what's happening and I'll, I'll get back into the mix. All right, mate, me give, me, give, me, give me eight seconds. That's fine. Uh, episode 304, we'll be at live. Today, we've got a massive show coming up. The one and only Francis Valentine, CEO and founder of The Mindland, will be joining us. Matt Goldsworthy, young buck in the mix. We've got uh, Business in a Minute, a way to get your business uh, better, practically and tactically, within 60, 60 seconds. Um, oh, here we go. TT. Oh, here we go. Here we go. $100 billers. Um, very excited with that and it's going to be a great show really appreciate you tuning in time now is 12.04 in Auckland 4.04 here in San Francisco streaming in live all the way around the world technically we're making it happen at uh, Tyrone is checking in online and we're doing a live little studio stream but I mean he says keeping a hood that's right there's no reason that you can't le- listen to nice awesome gangster hip hop as we talk about business and bits and pieces so you can fade me away now TT before anyone says bad words and we get um, we get told off um, you can text me direct and I've got a fancy little thing here and when you text 3920 uh, it will pop up and so the question for today is but when we get into our first little interview is what was the greatest coolest most awesomest thing that made you smile this week what was it did you see a young, you know your child take its first steps did you get a promotion did uh, wifey give you a high five and say great job on the barbecue did your mates come over and you, you know had a good time watching watching some footy or whatever you were doing what was the best thing that happened the best ones that come through I will be able to put on and I'd also like to start the show by apologizing because last week we were rushed on the end of it and I forgot to tell uh, one of my homies one of my good friends it was his birthday so Tim Cunliffe happy belated birthday I'm sorry you're the man and we'll get into the show uh, so kicking off we get, um, right after the we're going to do a sting and then we're going to get straight into uh, the interview with Francis Valentine the CEO and founder of The Mind Lab life. oh there we go one of the cool things about New Zealand is we get great humans that do great things Francis Valentine is one of those great humans a good friend, she's a leader in innovation and emerging technologies. After a 20-year career in higher education and creative technology, Francis launched Tech Futures Lab in 2016, committed to the development of people and capability, developing a culture of innovation and responsiveness to technical advancement. Basically, her brain is really, really, really big, and she has very, really, really smart, so we're stoked to have her on, on the show. Uh, Francis has worked with over 250 different organisations from every single sector in New Zealand, loves New Zealand just as much as I do, and it's got some pretty cool news out we're really excited to be able to bring to the show today for a bit live episode 304 ladies and gentlemen introducing francis valentine how are you francis welcome kia ora, it's so good to hear from you 
always, always. Where are you? How's the Saturday bubbling? We know, we know you're a very busy lady and we appreciate the time out of your day to come and hang out with little peasants like us. But where, where are you and how's the day going? I'm currently looking out across the lawn to the water in Stella Manicana and the Taipanui Peninsula watching kukakas eat worms in the lawn. It's awesome. Oh, Great. So you're not in, stuck in a cubicle somewhere doing things you don't want to do. That's great. You're, you're enjoying No, it, no, no. Enjoying I'm enjoying the enjoying still within Timothy Makoto, but just uh, a little on the outside. So um, we wanted to bring you on the show today because you, um, the, you've you been a very busy lady over the last little while. We've got the digital boost thing bubbling. We had um, Anna Curzon on the show, the chief product officer from Zero last week, and she was talking about digital boost and the alliance and the, the great stuff that um, you've uh, been bubbling away with that. So for those that potentially um, that, that maybe missed that, in a nutshell, what is what is digital boost? And then we can go into the, the, the exciting stuff that's been happening this week, which I'm pretty, pretty cool into it. Fantastic. So digital. Oh, you there, Francis? Was she on two G? Your work. How do I make sure my there we go? Work, you know, my website can be found. Got, I, Francis, I'm not going to lie. I missed the last ten seconds. I heard website could be found, but I, I'll, <laughs> I'll weave it. I'll weave it back through there. Uh, and digital boost, free resources to help a bunch of, especially SMEs, which in New Zealand is you know ninety seven percent of businesses in New Zealand are small businesses with staff under twenty. Uh, give me the the top line once again. I'm I'm sorry. I'm going to blame TT and punch him in, in in the in the stomach after this. But go for it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. So digitalboost.co.nz is actually a website. It's a free resource sponsored by MB, and it gives you all of the video access to resources and tells you how to digitize your business. So it's, it's, it's a resource. So if you're just starting your first website or you really want to dig deep into things like search engine optimization and, and making your Facebook and Instagram work for you, it's the resource to go to. It's got over 500 videos uh, to like little short two, three-minute ones that you can go through. And then we also have live daily events you can join and hear from experts about how to digitize your business. Love it. One of the we, um, you know, one of the things that uh, Paul Conway, the you know chief economist for BNZ, now the Reserve Bank, was talking about on one of our last conversations was around the absolute amount of disproportional upside that businesses can do when they embrace digital technologies to make their businesses faster and more efficient and better. And I think. You know, especially when if you're running a business and you don't understand, um, you get quite fearful of technology. There's something, a platform like Digital Boost is a great place to be able to get the 101, get the skinny on it, actually what's bubbling away and help get kind of those first steps to make those those businesses um, even better. But not only have you just been doing that, Francis, I want to get into this. You've done something this week which we think is pretty cool. You've partnered with some great big companies to do even more. Would you like to tell us a little bit about what you've done this week that's going to make New Zealand business specifically even better and more stronger and more efficient coming out of COVID into the next? So actually, there's been two amazing things this week. Yesterday, I was in Waipawa in, in Hawke's Bay, where we launched Waipawa. It's become officially Aotearoa's most digital town. So here we that's have a town cool. of like 2,000 people, and every business on the main street is uh, has websites. They've all born into e-commerce, thanks to our friends of Zealed, and they're all now on Google. What happened, we discovered that only about seven of the businesses were even on the Google uh, Google My Business. You couldn't find them, and now 112 of them are. Uh, they've really kind of stepped up into the, into the challenge, a small town. And so when we were there yesterday, we also launched an amazing new tool on Digital Boost called Checkable. Now, Checkable is a resource where all you do, you sign up for Digital Boost, you go in, you enter your website address, 
So whatever your website is, you enter it in, you enter in your social media handles if you've got them, and then you push a button and wait for about five minutes while some incredible computer processing happens and some artificial intelligence and some data analytics and it does the big whirly machine and then out comes a report that will tell you all the things about your website that are awesome and they're really great and compliant and doing well and perhaps a few things that maybe you want to look out for or perhaps the things are not working at all. And so it gives you all of that information back as a report and it's entirely free. How good. And maybe a great time to potentially plug the partners there. You partnered with Google. Everyone's heard of the old Google machine. Yeah, Google Cloud. So specifically the, the, the team from Google Cloud stepped in to help us. And you, of course, they know a thing or two about, about searching and about the internet. And uh, another great company called TTRO. And so we, you know, we've been a, a big team working on this. And I think I've all, all together about 50 people have been working on this full time. It's been a, a major project, again, sponsored by NB, the Ministry of Business Innovation and Employment, just so we can make sure that you know, our, our great small and medium businesses in Aotearoa can, can compete against the very best in the world. And all they need to do is just to kind of knock that digital presence out and uh, make sure that they can compete on that, on that platform. I love it. So to recap that, if you're a small business in New Zealand, not only can you get over 500 videos to help your business get better, you can also use the new um, little software called Checkable. Put in your website, your social media handles, your Facebooks, your Instagram, your TikToks, whatever it may be, they will run a whole bunch of artificial intelligence algorithm over the top of it and instantly pop out a report to let you know what you're doing great, where you can potentially do better, and, and all of that is free. How good. That's so, it's so awesome. Great. Yeah, look, it's amazing, and, and look, it's going to get better. Over the next 12 months, it's going to be new releases all the time, so we're going to give you more and more information about your website the more we get know about New Zealand businesses. What gets you most excited for the future of New Zealand business in the next two to three years? If everyone listens to what's out there and everyone you know, go, gets on offense instead of defense, where does your headspace go to? What gets you the most excited? Over the last year of working on Digital Boost, we have talked to literally hundreds and hundreds of small businesses who have digitised, and a lot of them did it because of COVID. They you know, had no choice. They were like, okay, our customers can't walk in the front door. We have to find another way to reach them. And what they discovered, not only did they start selling and selling more than ever before, they suddenly had international customers. You know, They were really playing on the, you know, what's uniquely and distinctively from Aotearoa, New Zealand, and going, let's really focus on that. Let's make sure we can reach into those other markets. People are looking for quality. They're looking for, you know, whether it's food quality or organic products, they're looking for you know, really original clothing, whatever it might be. People are starting to really understand that. So when you talk to businesses who have come through COVID saying, you know what, my business is doing so well, like actually it was a blessing in disguise, you start to see the power of digital when people get it right. And what I think is also amazing is people saying, it's not that hard. There is a huge fear and the terminology is a little bit intimidating at times, but when people realize it's not that difficult and it's not as expensive as they might think, certainly it's nowhere near as expensive in the days of you know, having advertising above the line, you know, billboards and TV and, and doing things that way and newspapers. So you know, there's a real shift in mindset and they suddenly go, okay, I got it. And now I see the benefits and the benefits come quickly. And that's the bit I'm most excited about because people will get it and they'll change and we'll move from the small businesses, only around 50% of businesses in New Zealand who are small have websites. My goal is we'll get to 100% within a, you know, within a year or two and actually the whole country will be able to perform like other small advanced countries and economies that are really thriving in this space too. 
Let's go. I think the cool thing with that is by you know, these small businesses that have been locally based integrating these sort of digital technologies and sort of transforming their business into more of a, you know, an online sort of digital world, all of a sudden the eyeballs have got a bit bigger to realise that not only can they exist locally, but potentially, and they are, potentially executing globally with their products and the services and bits and pieces. So in in many ways, you know, it's probably widened the eyes to go, hey, our market isn't just 5 million, maybe it's 5 billion, maybe more. And, And that's a great thing to be happening for New Zealand businesses to make them be seen a bit, again, a bit braver, looking to the future. And so that's all. That's um, I guess goes hand in hand when you um, embrace more of these digital t- technologies um, more than most, which is super cool. Yeah, amazing. And I want to give a really quick uh, example. Yesterday in Waipala, I walked into this incredible gift shop. It drew, drew me in. It smelled beautiful. I walked in. The woman behind the counter was looking at little few things, and she picked up a, a lip balm. And it came in a little pouch, and she said, this lip balm is the best lip balm in the world. You've got to try it. So I said, really? What if I really love it and I want to get more of it? I don't come to Waipara. And she did a little jig behind the counter. She did a little bit of a dance. And she said, because right now, I'm on e-commerce now. She just turned it on a couple of days earlier. And she was so ecstatic, the idea she could promote this lip balm to me. And then I could come back to her website to get some more. You know, it just it's that really feel-good feeling of people when they go, I got there. I'm there now. Yeah. It's going to be great. And it's, and it's the mental shift of them realising, wait a second, the same product which is physically in front of me, the customer doesn't need to walk necessarily through the door physically, it can be anywhere online, anywhere, thanks to the power of e-commerce, which is super cool. Um, before you go, Francis, I've got uh, one last little thing. I've been thinking about this idea of the final five around you know, um, family, fair, failure, fun and future. What do you think the bigger, I know I'm going to pick one randomly, I'm going to pick, um, I'll pick family, I'm going to pick family. What do you think is the biggest thing you've learnt about uh, family in your career so far through growing up and the rest of it? What's, the, what's your one biggest oh. takeaway you've learnt? Look, I think family, uh, one, the people who keep you grounded, but your kids are smarter than you. That's the thing I keep learning. They, you know, they, just when you think you've got it figured out, they come out with just better ideas. <laughs> so, I, you know, I, I just I love the power of the next generation to be able to see things just more clearly and, and not be bogged down by legacy and, and sometimes mm. tradition get, can get in the way. So, you know, I think sometimes listening to, to the next generation gives you some really clarity about some of the real priorities of life. They're good reminders. Love it. I really appreciate your time, Francis, from joining us today on your lovely Saturday. I hope you enjoy nature, enjoy the rest. So for those that are watching, digitalboost.co.nz, the new product is called uh, Checkable. Uh, get your website and your social media in there. Get automatically um, uh, reports straight back to let you know what you're doing well, what you can potentially do better to make your business better. You can go local to global overnight for free. Thanks to the career MB, Francis and the career Digital Boost. Thanks for your time, my friend, and I'll be no there we go. Awesome. Stuck there. Francis Valentine, uh, digitalboost.co.nz, uh, new product checkable. Uh, you are listening to Today FM on Rover, Rebet Live, episode 304. Coming up after the break, chatting with some next, of our next generation of Kiwis in our section called Young Bucks. What are Young Bucks? Young Kiwis doing great stuff in business. And we'll be talking to you right around the corner. See you on the other side. Rebet Live. Live from Silicon Valley. The hub of the tech universe. With tips on unleashing your entrepreneurial potential. On Today FM. This is Dean We're <laughs> So what we get drunk. Rolling. So we young, wild and free. It's the Young Bucks. We're just having fun. What is the Young Bucks on Rebet Live? The time now is 12.19 in Auckland, 4.19 in San Francisco. 
You're on Saturday, I'm still on Friday, which means it's almost 5 o'clock, almost time to have another apple juice. And if you're in Sydney, it's 10.20. Young Bucks. What is Young Bucks? Future leaders in New Zealand. Young Kiwis that are doing good things. Why is this important? Because they're the next ones who, in 10, 20, in 10 years' time, they'll be giving my children jobs. That's why it's important. So we need to give them, give them some props, give them the profile, give them a space to be able to talk about what they're doing. And the great thing when you, you've got the Young Bucks in the mix is they're very passionate about bits and pieces. And we're extremely lucky today to have Matt Goldworthy on. He's the CEO of Youth Arts New Zealand, Aotearoa's only youth-led organisation generating equitable opportunities for rangatahi to explore creativity both as a career and as a means of self-expression. How are you, my friend? Welcome to the show, Matt. Kia ora, my bro. Kia ora, man. So good to be here. I'm I'm doing great, thanks. How are you going? Hey, okay. I'm really excited to have you on the show. I saw your name pop up. You made it through the, the filters of, of TT to be able to, to get to me, to get to the show. So I'm excited <laughs> we can get on here. Uh, I'll start off by saying I, I kind of uh, despise and hate you, Matt, because, man, I wish you were around when I was a kid. I wish you were there when I was, like, you know, some 14, 15, 16-year-old young buck that was passionate about uh, creativity and all the rest of it. So I've obviously given a quick top line. Uh, in, a, in a quick little nutshell, uh, what do you do and how do you do it? Yeah, um, thanks, man. I mean, we, we get that a lot. Uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, people that have uh, grown up without this sort of organization, and I think that speaks uh, a lot to uh, why we are uh, doing something that's, that's super valuable. Um, so, yeah, a bit about Youth Arts New Zealand. Uh, as you mentioned, we're a youth-led organization, uh, and so uh, moving forward, it, it's really exciting to be able to, uh, beyond just myself and, and the rest of our awesome team, uh, introduce young people and youth voice as being really central to our kaupapa or um, our co- that, that central part of our organization. So that's super exciting. Um, but some of the programs that, that we run uh, are really focused on how do we uh, nurture and encourage creativity within the next generation, uh, focusing on things like equitable uh, access to the creative arts, focusing on how do we give young people uh, access to a creative career? How do they make that first jump or that first leap uh, into that career? So, yeah, we run a whole bunch of things. Takahui is our creative writing and corrections program for young inmates. Uh, we are launching a national youth arts festival next year. A whole bunch of really exciting things on the horizon. It's super cool. What ages do you engage with and what's the sort of the, the, the pipeline age sort of demo where you try to really try and help and open their eyes when it comes to this potential future for creativity? Where's your sweet spot? Mm. Yeah, it's a great question and it's one that we've asked ourselves since uh, since we founded the organisation uh, a few years ago. And where we've settled is actually that uh, to be young is not necessarily something that can be defined by age. And I, I know that sounds super weird and uh, kind of ethereal, but uh, the the reason that we've that we've settled on that is because there are so many factors that go into uh, what being young means. So, for example, if someone hasn't had access to an awesome education as they've been growing up, they've had other responsibilities uh, and they've had to, I don't know, go and work instead of uh, instead of going to school or. You know, they've uh, not had access to to work and they've had to do it the other way around. There's so many things that go into that. And so, uh, especially given our work with, uh, with incarcerated rangatahi, uh, we've turned that concept of what being young means on its head and gone, actually, there's so many people out there that haven't had access to a whole bunch of these support networks and services. 
So, uh, yeah, we've uh, completely reframed our definition of what it means to be young. Generally, we go with under 30. Uh, that's just the kind of uh, really good catch-all. But uh, we, we have uh, been very, very fortunate to uh, land in a space where we are much more fluid with our definition of what being young actually means. So I've got a good friend of mine, Ian Taylor. He's over 60, mm. might even be in his 70s. He's young at heart and he's probably more mentally switched on than most <laughs> most people my age anyway. So it's cool that you're not just defined it by that. But I was going to I was going to ask you Matt, um, you know, if, if you just tune in now, Matt is the CEO of uh, Youth Arts New Zealand doing a bunch of cool stuff for creativity and youth. I was going to ask Matt, when you think about all of the young people that you've engaged with over the years and you think about the biggest handbrake that's holding back Kiwi youth in New Zealand right now, what do you think it is specifically? Mm, it's a great question. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that go into this, but I'd say one of the biggest is uh, is the lack of equitable access to creative opportunities. And that can be deconstructed uh, again. Yeah, I mean, so what I mean is uh, when you go to school and you're taught about maths and physics and uh, all of that awesome stuff, which is super necessary, uh, where, where does the creative arts fit into that? I, uh, I was really privileged with my education and I, I went to a, you know, a fairly good, good school. It was a good decile. Uh, I had a good ed- education, but even then I wasn't actually given the opportunity to engage with the creative arts as a career. Uh, and so if we're not encouraging this sort of thing in schools, then how can we expect young people to build a career or even engage with creativity as something that's super accessible. Um, So I I would say definitely bridging that gap between uh, young people and the creative sector. Uh, I I think it's a bit of a mystery to a lot of young people. Mm. Do you feel it's a headspace shift that they need more like empowerment internally, or do you think it's more opportunity that needs to be given to them? Like, is it more of a push-pull? Do you feel that more youth need to go on the offense themselves to go get what they want? Or do you think it's more responsibility of those around them, say the us, the, the older crew, right? Like I'm, I'm like pretty young to a 50-year-old, but I'm pretty super old and ancient to a, to a 20-year-old. Where do you think the tension lies? Who needs to give or take the most to make New Zealand better, in your opinion? Mm. I mean, I, I think it's it's both, but I think that uh, if we encourage a society where, uh, or create a society where access to these sorts of things are, it is actually just super easy and super simple, and regardless of your background or your circumstance, you can access these sorts of opportunities. You can go to a creative writing workshop without worrying about transport. You can uh, be uh, taught about a music career or something uh, as part of your career counseling at school. If those things are available, then we're going to see a whole lot more young people actually engage with the creative arts. Mm. It's good. When you think, young bucks, right, they have the one thing that I don't have, which is time. And when you're talking to most young people today, do they realize how much time they actually have in the long long scheme of things? Or do they see the world one step ahead and it's basically, there's not that much left? Like, are they... A youth today self-aware enough to realize they have so, 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 so much time and I would give up any amount of dollars to be 15 or 20 again. 
Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's an interesting one because if you look at the way that uh, like the gig economy and uh, short-form content on TikTok and all of that stuff is going, it's actually a direction which is much more encouraging of a short-term mindset and just kind of churning stuff out. And I think the way that, that, that we create uh, content, media, uh, and just kind of creative stuff, art, music, all of that, it actually has to be done on such a quick time frame now because that's what people expect. Uh, and that's kind of a, a really horrible uh, way to, to frame it. And there's definitely some benefits, uh, but I think that there's definitely a lot of challenges with the way that uh, uh, I guess content is con- consumed. And creativity is difficult because you don't want to just frame it as content because then it's just for other people. But if we're talking specifically about the career side of things, it is really important to uh, to consider that. And so I guess looping back to your question, the, um, it's uh, definitely a tricky space for young people to be in because of their proximity to Instagram and TikTok and you know, all of these platforms uh, and kind of social uh, tools that really do prioritize that short-term thinking. Um, but I, the, the young people that I have engaged with and that we're really fortunate to have kind of connected with over the course of our journey with Yams, uh, a lot of them have such a, such a long-term vision for the future and are so relentless in uh, just doing whatever it takes to uh, pursue their passion. And I think that's something that's super cool. So future focused, I think, for a lot of young people, but the way that the world is kind of tuning us to be, I think is a lot more uh, of, a, of a short-term mindset. Is interested in what we're doing, we're hiring for two positions. So uh, check out our website, youtharts.co.nz. All the information is on there. Um, otherwise, uh, follow us on, on our socials. We're on a pretty cool journey and uh, yeah, have some awesome projects in the pipeline. So it would be awesome to be able to share that journey with you. My man. Hey, it's awesome to hear your voice, Matt. Really stoked to see that you're on the mission. Continue to do more to help win the creative sector, especially within New Zealand, to help you know more Kiwis create instead of consume, which is super cool. Really appreciate you joining the show. That was Matt. Um, absolute good man, smart man, youth arts, CEO, very, very smart cookie doing some good stuff. I uh, start to get uh, Matt Goldsworthy in the mix. Um, after the headlines, we've got a section coming up called Business in a Minute. We're going to help your business get better practically and tactically in 60 seconds. If you've later on in the hour, we also got um, Ask Rebet. Basically, you can text me any question you would like, any question at all, business, life, bits and pieces. I can't guarantee you it will be right but I'll try and answer it. Text me any question you've got on 3920. We're going to be doing Ask Rebet later um, after headlines, business in a minute. See you all in a sec. Live from San Francisco. And streaming now on Facebook Live. It's Rebet Live with how to turn your passion into profit. On Today FM. Rock and rolling. I think TT will jump in today our time. You're listening to Rebet Live today, FM. The time now is 12.33 in Auckland, San Francisco, 4.33, 27 more minutes, and I get to have a apple juice. And in Sydney, it is 10.34. Hope your day is going well and everything's rolling on this lovely little Saturday. Uh, one of the things I've been doing this year um, is uh, I'm starting to learn to deal. And I'm very happy about it because I started feeling guilty that I could speak more Japanese because I used to live in Japan than I can my own language. My whanau is from Ngāti Paro, East Coast Gisborne. And uh, from Culture Flow, I've been lucky enough to connect up with Sarah Rewa, who is joining us now. How are you, Sarah? Kia ora. Tēnā koe te hoa. Kaita pia here. How are things? 
Kate Pai, my friend. Kate Pai. I am I'm, I'm sorry I'm still I'm I'm on this journey. It's it's learning, it's tricky, but I really appreciate your time um, tuning in on a Saturday. How how is the day going? And um and I I hope all is well in your world. I uh, Jackson, so it's a little bit sad for us today, Rebecca, because we are actually just driving to the Tangihana of Moana Jackson, who was a mentor to many of us in the legal fraternity. Um, so yeah, I'm actually in the Sunny Hawks Bay today, and I just want to do a mihi to him, but I also want to do a mihi to you, Ehoa, for your, um, you know, reconnecting with the real and the culture, and it's been an honour for us to be able to help in that way. Yeah, I w- um, it's definitely been a journey, and, and even just today, I was just going to say, you know, going to um, uh, to the Tangi and stuff today, probably one of the greatest speakers I've ever, I didn't know much ab- about him, but I, I got sent a YouTube video, this is only maybe a couple of months ago, probably one of the best yeah. orators, best speakers, most well-articulated crafted intellectual weapons of all time he was talking about uh, the once were warriors thing being potentially growers and stuff and for those that aren't aware do you want to give a quick bit of context to i guess a little bit of the legacy for it because new zealand definitely lost an absolute legend and a weapon and, and it's probably a good time to give a bit, a bit of context for those who aren't aware of the greatness that he actually did yeah yeah Jackson. Uh, Moana was a constitutional lawyer uh, from Aotearoa, from Ngātikahunganu, um, and his impact on New Zealand's constitutional framework has been phenomenal. He's recognised nationally and internationally, uh, contributed to work within the United Nations, and is, is really representative of what we all aspire to in terms of equity and biculturalism and Aotearoa and um, also overseas, he's, he's well recognised. So it's really sad that we um, farewell him today. But his legacy will carry on, Rebecca. You know, uh, the conversations he started, the tricky questions around treaty partnership and what that means in 2022. Um, it means we all get to think about what is this environment we want to live in as a community together now and those really hard questions were started by uh, people like Moana Jackson, uh, like uh, Joe Williams, like uh, Neville Baker, like um, Witta Gardner, um, Witta, Neville and Moana have all passed away in the same time so their legacy will continue I'm sure. Uh, the Guardian had just actually put out, I think yesterday as well, in the title of, I'm looking at here, Moana Jackson was the most articulate, original and forceful intellectual of his generation. And it's rare that they use the word forceful, but the way he spoke was was anything but. One of the last things he was uh, talking about is, is Moana Jackson's dying wish for women to speak on the marae. Obviously, you're going there. And, and maybe I just want to maybe duck into this for a, for a quick second is when the way I feel about um, culture specifically within within Aotearoa is what was seen, it feels anyway, has shifted over this last last five years, maybe a decade or so, is what was seen as a liability for many in terms of 
uh, culture pushed to the side is now being integrated into commerce at the highest levels. It's getting integrated into to power and leadership and government and and business and community, and it, it's it's become one of our biggest uh, point of differences in an entire ecosystem globally. How do you feel about the resurgence of not only I guess today, but the the power of culture being such a differentiator um, for New Zealand and Māori to to the world? Yeah, I think. Um you know, me mehitato ki ki arate kua wehiatu. We have to really acknowledge those who started this conversation before you and I were born, Robert. And you know, it's on their shoulders that we get to stand and actually enjoy the celebration of being fully Māori in 2022, which wasn't a possibility for them, but they made sure it was a possibility for us. So I'm deeply grateful to all of them. And the question around the Māori economy. Um, you know, we're also very fortunate to work with Chartered Accountants Australia New Zealand and they recently educated me on the fact that the Māori economy itself is worth around $50 billion. But um, Sir Rob McLeod, who um, is also, I'm working with him on some stuff with Culture Flow and he educated me recently that the lost opportunity for Māori employment to underemployed also equates to $50 billion. So... In terms of our contribution to the global economy, there's lots and lots of opportunity there. And it's really about how we harness it and how we use it to create a better tomorrow for everybody. And I think that's what you're doing, bro, with the work you're doing. You know, you're incorporating the reo and the culture into your mahi on a daily basis. And um, yeah, I think those who created this movement would be really proud of you. Yeah. Uh, Appreciate it, Sarah. One, one, before I, I let you go, I'm, I'm keen to ask you this. I've asked many people that have been really smart around this sort of space, and I'm interested in, you know, in 1840, the Treaty of Waitangi comes together, and and culture and community gets has an intersection. Now in 2022, culture, community, and uh, there was, I guess, alignment across all, all of culture and community. Now with commerce, that kind of synced it all in with 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 COVID. Do you think it's possible for a whole, a unity of purpose for the nation that, that gets everyone on the same page once again for something greater than itself? Do you think there is room for that conversation or opportunity in the current ecosystem? I think that um, I'm really inspired by our children's generation and I, I think that the normality of being authentically who you are and understanding your contribution to the world as a Māori woman, as a Māori man, as a uh, Māori human being um, is a conversation that is so normal for them. And I am very inspired by that. So as they understand their talent and their gifts and how that can change the world, they they can't but be... um, beautiful ambassadors of the real and the culture. So I'm not too sure if that answers your question, Ehoa, but yeah, that's what I think. I get it. Um, well, I'll let you get on with the day. Um, I hope much um, much love to you and all the whanau for today. Mona Jack was an absolute legend. I highly recommend everyone Google the um, the YouTube video of him uh, talking about the Once Will, Once Will Gardeners, I think it was actually done, uh, Moana Jackson, incredible uh, speaker, Amazingly inter- intellectual and forceful, without the without any anger behind any of the words, which was which was quite nice. Uh, 
I really appreciate it as well, uh, Sarah Rero joining us from Culture Flow. It's her and the crew have actually going to be have been helping me. Uh, I've been doing some Zoom one to ones, learning to uh, get back in the mix and doing some Tereo one on one as well. So I really appreciate your time, Sarah. Absolutely awesome. Appreciate your time. Have a great day over there. Kia ora. Awesome. That was Sarah from uh, Culture Flow. Uh, very, very cool. After the break, business in a minute. This is Rebecca Live, episode 304 today, FM 1242 in Auckland, 442 here in San Francisco. I'm 18 minutes away from an apple juice. See you on the other side. Mentor, Sherpa, Counselor. Nah, just a clever guy doing cool shit. It's Rebecca Live on Today FM. Of crazy they can do a sting and say the word shit in it. Well done today, FM. Keeping it very casual on a Saturday. I like it. I'll, I'll, I'll complain to HR. I'm, I'm quite concerned about the, the, the stings coming into my own thing. It gives a potential bad representation of what I'm actually all about. Welcome back to Rebet Live. Episode 304, 12.45 in Auckland, 4.45 in San Francisco. Only 15 minutes left and I get some apple juice. I'm so excited. Uh, we're talking business in a minute. Business in a minute, 60 seconds, get your business better. Simple, simple one to start with for today for business in a minute. Everyone usually tries to do everything by themselves. Wrong. Play to your strengths, find the weaknesses. Most business owners actually don't think about uh, what they're really good at and what they suck at. They can't look themselves in the mirror and go, you know what, I'm actually horrible at admin and backend and process and systems and all the rest of it. I'm gonna try and do everything myself. And what ends up happening is business owners try and literally do everything by themselves and they do an average job at all of it instead of focusing what they're epic at partnering with others who are good at the things that they suck at. So for myself, I'm a creative guy and I suck at process. So I have friends and people and a team that help me with process or systems. The way you think about it when you think of your team when you're a business owner, one plus one equals three. One weapon plus one weapon can do so much more and greater than themselves. Don't try to do everything yourself. Focus on what you're good at. Delegate the stuff you suck at. Don't do it all. Partnerships are the key to balance off your skill. Uh, if any of you guys running small businesses there, you can do a free small business warrant of fitness at dial.org.nz. Totally free. Takes seven minutes. Gives you the, the whole uh, mix in there. And that, my friend, is how you get your business better in 60 seconds. It's Rebet Live on Today FM. Oh, yes. Dreaming. Dreaming. If you don't know, scribe. Christchurch OG. One of my Aranui brothers. Always good when you have your own show. You can decide whatever you want to put in it. And I just like to put that in there. So I'm, I'm putting it in there. Uh, if you've got a question right now, we're going to begin to a section called Learn, Share, Repeat. Right after this is Ask Me Anything. Ask Rebet. Text through to 3920 anything. Ask me about Life, snowboard, travel, business, mergers and acquisitions, digital content, potential strategy, whatever it is. I may not have the right answer, but I'll give you one. Uh, and I can give you my, my, my opinion. And we've got, uh, so that's coming up next. Ask Rebet will be right after Learn to Repeat. Text through now, 3920 with your question. Uh, Rebet live on Today Fan. And on this section of Learn Share Repeat, I'm bringing back in TT. How are you there, mate? Yeah, good, Rebet. Good. Uh, learn, share, repeat. What I have on my bracelet is, you know, as you can see, it's a little R dot and it says learn, share, repeat. Big thing that I'm extremely passionate about for myself is, you know, find out what people are into. What are they digesting? What are they consuming? Podcasts? Is it articles? Is it books? Is it YouTube channels? Is it who knows what? So, uh, 
TT is the weapon extraordinaire. Anytime someone rings 0800 today FM to try and ask me a question and try to get through, you've got to try and get through TT. Oh, he's a tough man to get. He's a tough man to please this old TT. He's a tough man. Uh, what are you, I'll start this way. What are you currently consuming the most that is helping you learn the most? TT? This one's a, a bit out of left field, I think. Um, but I went through a, a relatively significant breakup about eight months ago. And so I've been consuming a lot of relationship uh, improvement content, I suppose you could oh. say, yeah. um, because it was it was it was quite a long relationship, and I'm you know over the past few months I've been reflecting on it and trying to learn what I can from it, you know, to apply to my next one. So I've been listening to a podcast called uh, it's called the Love Chat, and it's it's basically about taking a step back from relationships or from a relationship and trying to look at it with an unemotional objective viewpoint and very difficult when you're in a long relationship or in it with you've got lots of emotions yeah very difficult tt absolutely and so so that's been the the sort of journey for me over the past five to six months and so that's that's really if I'm looking at what I've consumed the most in terms of trying to learn, it would be you know that and uh, and another couple of podcasts talking about how to have a healthy relationship, not just romantic relationships, you know, friendships, work relationships, all that sort of thing. Because I've noticed that they're really important having good relationships. Mm. It's did you find it interesting that you went searching for answers to get better about emotional stuff? after you lost something not when you've got it absolutely and 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 that and that's you know (laughs) and that's something that they kind of you know they highlight in in some of these podcasts and and episodes is that sometimes you need to hit that rock bottom i suppose for lack of a better word but something needs to happen to you for things to change and one of the interesting points that was made in a few of these podcasts is often it's the person that gets broken up with who does more self-improvement than the one that does the breaking up. And Ooh. and so I was broken up with and I'm I'm not angry there's no sort of um there's no negative emotions there but so so I immediately went into how can I what did I do wrong how can I improve myself mode. And obviously you can't go too far with that it's not all your fault there's there's things on both sides but yeah, I think having been the one that was broken up with, I was far more and am far more motivated to to maybe try write some of the things that I may have done wrong, which led me on a journey of of seeking out content to to help me do that. Interesting. Though, so you basically saying you know those who grow are the ones that actually it happens reactionary to them and as a reaction defensively they they go into uh, onto offense to try and make themselves better when if they instead of if they just break up they just kind of go do their thing interesting yeah well I, I think you no, you are kind of right though because if you th- think of a lot of other uh, relationships I've seen is you know it's this, you know partners break up and one of them just goes to the gym and goes savage <laughs> and gets like goes beast mode that's, i'm in there you tt that's you know? me well well two months after we broke up i ran 100 kilometers in one let's go, go. So, you know but 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 it, it needs to be balanced right because it's easy to leave a relationship having been dumped and go woe is me i was the problem the ex is great i wish i was still with them but you need to balance that with um 
a healthy amount amount of self-reflection and looking at what you did wrong, but then not putting all the blame on yourself mm. because it's not all you. And I think that was that's what I'm sort of getting out of this content is is learning to find that midpoint between let's look at the things I can improve, but also you're a great person as well. It wasn't all your fault. Uh, there were things you did really well and they didn't do so well. Hmm. So so that's what I'm learning Look from at, at the go. moment. Yeah. 100K runs, bit of self-discovery. Yep. TT, deceptively deep for a Saturday, mate. I like it. Well done you. Good on you. And so just for those that um, are tuning in, this Learn, Share, Repeat, figuring out what people are consuming to learn the most. Where can What was the name of the podcast again? Where can they check it and what can they do? The one I would recommend, it's called The Love Chat. Uh, it's wherever you get your podcasts. And they're very short episodes. They, they typically focus on one aspect. So they'll be like, you know, one episode might be, should I text my ex? No. And usually the answer is a, it's a, it's a resounding no. But we won't, we won't ruin it. What about, rest. should you text, text your ex drunk? Maybe. No. If you're drunk. No, no, sorry. The, sorry, the sorry, answer's sorry, no. no. Yep. Oh, okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. I just, just double check, just double check. Uh, cool, good section on Learn, Share, Repeat, TT. Appreciate that. Mega. Uh, after the break, we're going to be having a uh, Ask Rebet. After the break, Ask Rebet. Uh, text through now, 3920. Ask me anything. You've got, I think, about two minutes until the break goes through. It will come through on the thing, and I can sit here and answer any of your questions. Any business questions, small business starting up, entrepreneurial stuff, anything you'd like. Maybe a, a, um, relationship advice. Don't know if it'll be right, but I'll give it a crack. Uh, text through now, 3920. This is Red Live, episode 304 on Today FM. The time now is 12.54, 4.54 in San Francisco, which means only six minutes until my apple juice. See you in a sec, team. Giddy up. His goal to destroy the tall poppy syndrome. His platform, Today FM. This is Rebet Live. Call 0800 Today FM. Back into it, dreaming. 0800 Today FM if you want to ring through and say what's up, try and get through the, the, the dark gates of TT to talk to me. It's 12.56 Auckland, 4.56 San Francisco time. Today FM, Rebet Live, episode four oh oh three oh four, uh, And this is us. We've got some texts coming through. Really good content. Well done, Prod. I think I'm I think I'm prod, right? Prod. I think TT he's like next time they come through, it's gonna say TT. Yeah, call me TT, TT please. That's right, TT. TT needs the props. Uh we've got another little comment says, uh, always loved your podcast, but this is next level. Well done, bro. Loving it. Uh thanks, Gav. Appreciate it. The um the weird ironic thing about this is we're actually taking away all the visuals and we need to keep thinking you know paul henry was saying it's theater of the mind so we're trying to do theater of the mind with voice uh and we've got ask rebet coming up now uh tt what have we got we do we've got someone that's just texted in rebet they say hey team at what point do you switch off for the day or week and how do you manage to do this even with an intense workload like yourselves how do you actually take time out for yourself when your work is so closely linked with your passions Great question. It's a good one. It's a, it's it's a little deep, but it's a little fair, and it's uh, cool. One of the biggest dangers or tough bits around being an entrepreneur is everything. Your brain doesn't stop, and so it always everything's always bubbling away, and you've got ideas and things to do. So the key things are integrating certain pieces into your life, like what I do. So my phone goes on do not disturb after I think it's like seven o'clock so seven o'clock like do not disturb you cannot talk to me and it goes do not disturb until the next day until I think it's like eight eight or nine in the morning I'm doing the, the whanau stuff so that's number one do not disturb 
I don't take my cell phone into my room. I have a small voice recorder and I put the voice recorder next to my bed so then I'm not playing on my phone and pissing around. Uh, the one thing I do as well is I, you know, your brain can't be in fifth gear the whole time. So you need to structure dedicated time for yourself for you to be with you. And what I mean by that is I have a custom little moleskin, which is a, a, a fancy little Italian leather bound book and a pen and I will go and I do planning and I write and I constantly, um, I set myself up almost every day of a little time that I can spend for myself to think about what's coming up next. And that's kind of what I do. You need to set structure, create space, and that is the main key for you to be able to keep balance. So I really appreciate the question. Coming up in the next hour, it's going to be mega. I'm joined by uh, Rebecca Hunter from Manuka RX and a whole bunch of other good stuff. This is Today FM. Uh, download and rover bet live on Spotify, episode 304. See you in a sec. Mentor. Sherpa. Counselor. Nah, just a clever guy doing cool shit. It's Rebet Live. On Today FM. There we go. Uh, back into it. Hour number two, Rebecca Live, episode 304 on Today FM. Wherever you're listening, I hope your day is going well on the Saturday. It's 103 in Auckland, 503 in San Francisco, which means it's been three minutes past and I can have my apple juice. I'm finally happy. Thanks so much, team. It's a great day. Uh, coming up this hour, really, uh, we've got a whole bunch of cool stuff happening. But first things first, we're going to talk money. And the only way to talk money is to just go straight to the top of the food chain. Who's the gnarliest human that we can get to talk about things which are directly related to the economy, but in a cool, practical and approachable way? Uh, I've got an idea. His name is Paul Conway, and he's the chief economist of the BNZ and also uh, incoming for the Reserve Bank. Let's get into it. Bet Live. On Today FM. Rock and roll, we're getting back into the mix. Chief Economist uh, of Bank New Zealand, now the Chief Economist of the Reserve Bank of New Zealand. Take a step up, neck level. Ladies and gentlemen, Paul Conway. How are you, mate? Kia ora, Ravi. I am, well, I'm, I'm getting over COVID, really. So, um, yeah, that was, that was the theme from last week. A lot of <laughs> fatigue. Uh, I'm how, getting better. It's good. I was going to ask how, like, you, you got it, you're at home, you've been isolating. What's been the uh, the secret kicker that you've been using to to fight up the old COVID? What, what's what's been the ninja yeah. move that the chief economist has had to get him back on his feet to take on the economy and New Zealand? <laughs> well, I think the best advice I got was someone saying just give into it and sort of give your body the rest it wants. And I've certainly been doing plenty of that. And my other secret kicker is um, supplements, vitamin C and zinc in particular. So yeah, that, there you go. There you go. All right. You heard it from the horse's mouth, mate. Zinc and vitamin C. Uh, so I was actually going to ask, when you're physically tapped, how much bandwidth does it actually take out of your mental headspace to do what you're thinking? Are you getting more mental clarity or less while you've been while you've been sick? Because I know some people have used it as a time to reset. Some of them have just been tapped. How's it gone for you? Yeah, oh, way less. I've kind of had fog, mental fog. <laughs> you know, I can work. I do a bit of work and then I just need a, need a, need a nap, <laughs> you know, so... Yep. Yeah, no, it hasn't that, been my most productive uh, week. But anyway, that's fine because I've been well, sick. So yeah. Well, you get the you get the body rested up. You got a couple of weeks before you start the new gig, and 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 we'll get into it. I thought what would be where we could yeah. maybe kick off um, for today's episode. Paul is going into, you know, you obviously understand the ins and outs of, I guess, the 
economic uh, impacts of what's happened throughout COVID, how it's impacted the nuts and bolts of things, especially over these last couple of years. And it's obviously, as you kind of said last week, it's done what, in many ways, what kind of no one was thinking. So at a macro, when you look at it, the whole New Zealand economy, last two years, what is the actual impact of COVID been specifically in your mind when it comes to the economy? And, and I'll, I guess I'll preface that by saying, uh, any, we're going to do the disclaimer, Paul, just so in case me, you, or no one else potentially gets sued. Any thoughts or opinions potentially had here are those by Paul and Paul's only, not necessarily any or those partners who may or may not be associated with him. Is that, it feels like a good enough disclaimer, so no one can get sued. Feel free to, for your opinion, go for it, Paul. Yeah, no, that's just what I think all by myself. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, oh, well, where to begin, Rebecca? It's had such a massive impact. Like, we were thinking that it was going to be all about, um, you know, people losing their jobs, lower incomes, people stopping shopping. So, you know, like a, a spending in the economy was meant to absolutely tank. Uh, and it didn't because I think uh, our economic response was very effective. So wage subsidies sort of kept uh, income flowing, uh, kept confidence and cash flow up and unemployment low. Um, so we didn't get that huge hit to spending but it, it, you know the impact of the pandemic it did change sort of what we spend our money on um, so as everybody will know you know anything face to face has really been pummeled tourism hospitality entertainment and the like um, whereas you know anything like goods stuff that you can send through the courier or put in the back of your car um, spending there has been very strong. So spending patterns or, or consumer preferences, if you like, uh, have fundamentally changed. And I think some of that is going to be permanent. Uh, I don't sort of buy this going back to normal thing once the virus has washed through. I think it's all about, you know, from here on and what does the new normal look like? Yeah, it's a, interesting on that going into the... Um the different parts of the economy that did different pieces right like the digital transformation enabled so many more businesses to get way more efficient with um with workflows and a bunch of different processes and created a lot more efficiency within businesses and obviously with tech going up as well it was you're exactly right paul like you know the hospitality and tourism so much of those physical stuff got gas anything that was digital and virtual and everything got sort of pummeled up but when you kind of and it's weirdly there's been a lot more I guess disproportionate winners or losers specifically when it comes to those that enabled and uh, really utilize and leverage digital technologies but when you think of it now we've kind of fast forward let's say you know two years from it you know how do you think the economy now is going to kind of respond to such a big shift like this like what do you think the impact's going to be how do you think this plays out the the, the shift of how it's I guess changed society and workforce and and all the different bits and pieces like how do you think this where, where does this go from here like what's the impact yeah, well, it, you know, it's important to say economies are always sort of moving around in response to changes in technology or consumer preferences or, or whatever. And, and, you know, that's what we want. We want an economy that sort of flexes, that kind of rolls with the punches or is agile enough to uh, make the most of new opportunities uh, as they come up. And so it's, it's not just about COVID, you know, it's also about, um, you know, I think globally uh, consumers are getting more conscious of the sort of impacts of their choices on the environment so demand sort of moving away from products that uh, uh, have negative environmental impacts to, to ones that have positive uh, impacts which just by the way i think is a huge opportunity for new zealand agriculture uh, in, in terms of how an economy responds to all of that uh, economists we use this um, 
you know, rather ominous sounding term called creative uh, destruction. It sort of sounds a wee bit like anarchy uh, to me, but, you know, so the destruction bit is about resources, um, you know, people, money, different types of capital moving out of declining parts of the economy that have sort of had that day, uh, whereas the creative bit is about resources moving into new areas uh, of growth. So just to give you an example, uh, someone moving out of the tourism industry, which has been, you know, ground zero for much of this and moving into logistics, uh, which is going off, you know, that's just a small example of, of creative destruction. So the thing about COVID is that we've got heaps of this uh, going on. Uh, well, you know, it potentially going on within the New Zealand economy. Yeah. It, um, you know, you say the word creative destruction and I think of, you know, just like a crazy big brain mass of ideas on a whiteboard just breaking down the systems of how you potentially do it better. I, I kind of would think of it almost like de, de, like destruct to reconstruct, you know, like how do you break down these main pieces to rebuild back up, which is obviously kind of what what you've been like, thinking or singing about. So are you seeing much of this kind of happening in New Zealand at the moment, do you think, like in comparison to um, what's happening elsewhere around the world? Like how how is, I guess, New Zealand comparing to, to that when it comes around, you know, what, what is or isn't happening with in terms of creative destruction or what you're seeing in the market i think you know i think we're seeing we're seeing some of it uh, particularly in the in the labor market so people's jobs uh we're seeing actually i read an excellent note out of the reserve bank the other day you know showing that people like workers are moving out of um, tourism hospitality and the like the labor force there is shrinking uh, whereas it's growing in uh, areas like the construction sector or parts of manufacturing uh, or education and health. So we are definitely seeing it there uh, in terms of the structure of employment. Uh, in terms of businesses, it's kind of, um, we haven't really seen insolvencies and bankruptcies and the like spike up. They're actually pretty low uh, at the moment, which is really interesting, sort of coming out the back of a global pandemic. But I think what's going on there is that our policy response to COVID was, you know, so effective, it kind of delayed uh, these types of changes. You know, I suspect that uh, it will happen uh, at some point. I don't think, you know, you can't sort of delay the, the adjustment that that's inevitable. So I think it's it's coming, but we've seen surprisingly little of it so far to date in this pandemic. When you think about, you know, obviously you're saying potentially people are shifting out and going to more of these construction, other bits and pieces. If you look at the different markets in New Zealand, who do you think has been the biggest winner and the biggest loser in your kind of opinion when you look at what sort of transpired in the economic environment in the last couple of years? Yeah, I yeah, I think in real broad terms, anything that's got a digital aspect to it, an online aspect to it, has done uh, well to extremely well, whereas anything requiring face-to-face uh, has, has really suffered. You know, COVID, it's sort of, it's changed the shape of cities, so people don't go into CBD so much. So all those sort of high street retail, uh, you know, have really struggled, uh, unless they've got an online presence, uh, in which case, you know, shopping from home. Uh, has really has really taken off. I should you know I should also say this idea of creative destruction. It's not just about sort of firm deaths and births. It can also happen within firms. So you know sort of what you were saying earlier a bit about um, just fundamentally deconstructing something and putting it back together. Um, firms can do that 
internally sort of out with the old and in with the new uh, and we're seeing heaps of this um, like firms adopting new technology uh, new business models or new marketing uh, strategies uh, i actually think the biggest silver lining of COVID uh, is that kiwi businesses or all of us really um, have really improved the way that we are using digital technology that's really being pushed along um, it's not always easy uh, but when it's done well this idea of digital adoption i think the opportunities there are huge um, you know I, i'm really a big advocate of the digital opportunity um, for new zealand so it can happen within firms although it does seem to be the case that you know often a firm it's sort of configured for one sort of view of the world and firms can struggle to sort of adapt um, to to a, a new sort of environment so often we do get sort of busts you know deaths and births uh, as well as as the sort of internal adjustment within firms well it's not just you know failing and closing it's failing and learning and finding those nuts and bolts in between and in a lot of ways you know covid's kind of exposed plenty of sort of weaker business and it's really given opportunities for those that can think of a little bit outside the box with how they can potentially grow their business what they can do and how they can kind of potentially do it better which is um which is always kind of good to see well um paul this has been um, epic and solid another good little banter again i'm very excited for you get a couple more weeks off to recover from covid and, and giddy up into the next yeah, yeah. big phase do, have, you, have you felt any um any any pressure coming forward for potentially the, this next big big role like what do you what where's your where's your headspace going as you take on the chief economist of the reserve bank like where, where's your where's your energy where's your vibe and, and where's your um where's your attention mostly going to be going over these next couple of weeks well, kind of through my COVID, you know, I haven't been that enthusiastic about too much. Um, but as I'm coming out of it, you know, that excitement is starting to build again. So, um, you know, I've got a, there's a, a sort of central bank chief economist that I really uh, like, a guy called Andy Haldane, was the chief economist of the Bank of England for many years. Um, so over the holidays, you know, as well as having a bit of a break, I'm going to sort of read up uh, on speeches that, that he made. He used to make some epic uh, speeches that sort of, you know, real broad sort of economic stuff, you know, always sort of bringing it back to uh, monetary policy interest rates and the like and what the central bank is doing. Uh, so, yeah, I kind of want to bring that to it. And, you know, I'm, I'm just what a, what a job. What a moment. I'm, I'm psyched to be, to be moving go. in that direction. It's awesome. My man, appreciate it. As is a Conway's Corner, Paul Conway, Chief Economist of the upcoming Reserve Bank in New Zealand. Really appreciate your time. Hope the day goes well. Absolute champion. Cheers, mate. Cheers, cheers, Robert. Nice bet live. There we go. One sixteen in Auckland, five sixteen here in San Francisco. You're on Saturday. I'm on Friday. After the break, we get into the tall poppy profile. The goal of this is to profile a Kiwi business doing great stuff, good things, and we're going to be talking to Rebecca Hunter from Manuka RX right around the corner. See you in a second. Mentor Sherpa Counselor. Nah, just a clever guy doing cool shit. It's Rebecca Live on Today FM. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. goes up and they say that this is tall poppy profile what are you talking about winning 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 we want new zealand businesses to win i have a pretty simple saying team my saying here on a bit live and just in life in general for me is new zealand wins when new zealanders win very uh keen to Profile here with Tall Poppy Profile. Uh, we are talking to Rebecca Hunter from Manuka RX. They make natural skincare using East Cape uh, Manuka oil, an essential oil that comes from steam distilling branches of Manuka trees grown in the remote East Cape. Welcome to the show, Rebecca Hunter. How are you? 
Hello, I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me on air today. The only thing I care about is I want to know, what did you shoot in your round of golf? And were you cheating? How many balls did you lose? And what's your handicap? That's all I care about. Um, I'm that bad. I don't have a handicap yet. Um, and we lost two balls. And we actually we haven't played the ninth hole yet because we've just um, just come back to the clubhouse to do this interview. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, you, you're hitting it true. Um, it's going okay. It's going okay. But um, yeah, there's a lot of improvement needed in my golf, that's for sure. So it sounds like it's going shit, but at least it's a Saturday. But I appreciate you being able to jump in. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so for the, I gave a quick little intro to Manuka IREX. Uh, a, a point of this here is to you know kind of showcase Kiwi companies doing cool stuff. You know, today you guys and uh, girls have you've helped plant over five million Manuka trees to keep up with demand for the essential oil. Uh, tell me a little bit about the biz, uh, business. Uh, what is it? How's it going? Where did it start? Where did it come from? And give me the genesis of Manuka IREX. Yeah, absolutely. So the company's been going for about five, six years now. Um, it was started because the two co-founders were looking into Manuka honey as a medicinal export and they came across Manuka oil from the East Cape and they actually realized that the properties in the oil there are a lot more potent than the honey. So they thought actually, you know, this could be, uh, this could be huge on the, on the global market, on the global stage. So um, because you can't apply the oil directly on your skin, um, the founders basically turned it into skincare. Um, so that's what we sell. We make efficacious, natural New Zealand skincare uh, with East Cape Manuka oil. Very cool. The The market of Manuka branding uh, globally when it comes to honey and different bits and pieces is pretty strong. Have you felt that the company in terms of a global, um, I guess, need and demand or want, how, how well has the branding gone, the fact that it is Manuka, it is Kiwi? Like, what's the big selling point and the point of, point of difference when people look in this globally and stuff? Like, how, 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 do, how does it sta- is it currently sort of standing out in the marketplace? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess a problem that we have as a business is that because we take the essential oil that comes from the Manuka tree and we don't use Manuka honey, people just hear the name Manuka RX and think that we make our skincare with honey. Whereas we don't, so that's a little bit <laughs> okay. of a challenge for us. Um, but on the global stage, yeah, absolutely. I mean, New Zealand is known for its amazing flora and fauna, and I think they all they all sort of know about um, honey, especially in certain markets, like the United States, America, um, and a lot of Asia as well. So I guess as the business grows, we're just finding um, areas that already know about manuka honey and kind of going into those um, locations when we expand geographically. When it comes to uh, the marketing or, or sort of sales strategy for this, how are you splitting up the, the, the allocation? Is it sort of directed? Like, how's it been sold? Have you got a whole, is it mostly like wholesale and retail spot? Do you go direct to consumer yourself? Like, where's the sort of play between bricks and mortar and online and other bits and pieces? How's it currently set up at the moment and what are you finding the best, uh, the best way that you're winning? Yeah, absolutely. So, in terms of Manuka RX and our skincare, we actually sell direct to the consumer. So we sell on our website, um, manukarx.co.nz. So customers can go on there. We like the fact that we um, can email our customers after they've purchased and tell them more about our products um, and stay in close contact with them, um, as opposed to obviously selling through um, a distributor or selling sort of through a store where you don't really get that one-to-one connection with the customer like we can have um, when we sell direct. 
Yeah, got you. When, when, in terms of uh, where you think about the expansion for the company, how, how does the future sort of look like? Do you, uh, do you see any ninja moves to be, try and be able to grow faster, bigger? How do you think this sort of plays out in the next uh, you know, 12 to 24 months to, to, to blow Manuka RX even, even bigger and better than what it's doing now? What's the thinking there? Yeah, um, I mean, well, we've been obviously been going for years. Um, the past years we've had um, exponential growth. We've turned into a multi-million um, dollar brand, which is fantastic. And um, we're just coming from strength. I think for us in terms of growth, there's no stopping us at the moment. I think we're just trying to find the right markets for us to expand internationally and, uh, and go from there. It's such good problems. Here I was looking at a bit of, doing a bit of digging and saying, you know, the sustainable harvesting of the oil creates jobs for locals living in remote parts of New Zealand, as well as posi- uh, carbon positive and more lucrative farming options for local landowners. So talk to me about that. that. I mean, the enablement and empowerment of, of localised employment in sort of rural areas, it's a pretty cool story for New Zealand. Like, t- tell me a little bit about the local engagement in these sort of rural parts and, and kind of what that story and journey has been like so far. Yeah, absolutely. So Manuka RX is owned by a company called Manuka Bioscience, which has been going for the same time as um, Manuka RX. And as part of the business, we have a company that's based on the East Cape and we employ um, locals living there. And they either um, have sort of land themselves that they then can use to plant Manuka and sustainably harvest it, or we can provide jobs for locals living in that area as well. So as you mentioned before, we've, um, we've helped to plant 5 million Manuka trees to date. And what we're really proud of is the fact that because the oil um, is sort of sustainably made from just harvesting the very tops of the manuka tree throughout the 20 to 30 year lifespan of the plant, it can actually still sort of thrive year on year. So we're very careful with the, um, the harvesting. We take all of that plant material, we put it into a bigger distillation tank and that gets distilled and that creates a potent oil that then goes into our skincare. Very, very, very cool. When you, uh, in terms of the range so far, how many different products do you have? What's the sort of the split across everything? Is it just one thing out? Like, how do you, when you're thinking about, uh, you know, what products you'll create and how you sort of do it? Uh, what's the what's the range looking like so far? Yeah, absolutely. So we've got uh, we've got three different collections. We've got a pro aging, anti aging collection. We don't like so anti aging in the office, so we decided that the pro aging philosophy. Um, would be sort of where we'd go with that name. Um, but that's uh, it's got five products in the suite now. We've got sort of um, day cream, night cream, skin oil, clean, cream cleanser, um, and an eye cream. And that, that sort of is our, um, I guess, best-selling collection. And then we've also got a acne range and kind of an everyday suite of products as well. Gee, there you go. Interesting on the, the acne side. Do you have a um, quick one, just asking for it? A friend. Do you have any anti-balding um, stuff? Which might. Do you have any any of that stuff? <laughs> you, got, you got any, any of that? Not yeah. yet. Not yet. But we do. We do do a, a huge amount of science and research into finding out about the of the oil. So um, if we come across some science to prove that it's great for balding, then. Um, hey, <laughs> then we'll it's not for me. Not for me. My, a friend, a friend just texts me through. I was just asking, "Hey, if there's a way to do it, that that might be that might be cool." Uh, h- how exciting is it to be on the journey of a fast-growing Kiwi business coming through these last couple of years? Obviously, the challenging times of COVID and and moving into the next. How's the momentum sort of shift been? Seeing such awesome growth in a time where many um, have been sort of struggling. You're kind of cranking and go, I guess going on offense. What's the the energy and the momentum within the team being like of these last? I guess you know, like what have you learned the most about your team or your company? Or, or the crew in this in the last couple of years. Yeah, um, I mean, I feel it feels like a family um, in terms of the business. Um, I think we all just 
celebrate our successes and we've been so proud of the growth that we've had. We're about to move office next week because um, we're sort of outgrowing the office that we're currently in. So, um, no, it's awesome. We're, we're really excited about the journey we're on and we love the fact that we're making such a positive difference to the East Cape as well. It's very exciting. Super cool indeed. Uh, if people want to check out uh, uh, the, the products, where can they go? What can they do? This is kind of a great time where you can just plug the website and then um, just go for that. Like right about now is probably perfect. Where can they go? What, I mean, this sounds great. Like, what, what do they do to support this great New Zealand fast-growing business? What can they do, Rebecca? <laughs> if you want to support us, just visit manukarx.co.nz um, and you can find all of our products on there. Um, we offer free shipping um, in New Zealand, so you can go on, order what you want. Um, and we pretty much dispatch uh, next day. So uh, you won't be waiting long for your goods either. There you go. Well, I hope the rest of your Saturday goes awesome. You get back out to the ninth. You smash one down the hole. I highly recommend just totally sending it. And there's a strategy which I use. When I go out, I take I take a little wireless speaker and, and maybe some apple juice, and I just play music, and I go. I play something <laughs> called Storyball. Now, what Storyball is, it's not about what you score. It's about I kick the ball, like, anywhere I want as long as I can have a shot. And you think of, like, what's the what would the coolest story be if I could actually hit the shot? So you're like, yeah, I'm going to just try and curve it around yeah. the trees, through that little gap, over the bridge then it's going to drop there right next to the pin and what it will never happen like one out of nine out of ten but one out of ten or one out of twenty you'll hit an, such an amazing shot and in years to come you'll always talk about that so an advice for myself is uh stuff the score have fun and play storyball yeah brilliant okay we'll give that a go Thanks Love so your work. Thanks so much for your time. That was Rebecca Hunter from ManukaRx.co.nz. Uh, uh, really cool sort of Kiwi thing. That is a talk, today's tall poppy profile. Profile on Kiwi businesses doing cool stuff, and it's great to see uh, New Zealand businesses win. My thing is, you know, when New Zealand New Zealand wins, when New Zealanders win, and it's awesome to see another Kiwi company doing super great and sweet. Uh, after the break, we are going to be doing Ask Rebet. Uh, I've got a couple more questions that have been bubbling through and then my three cents. If you have a question that you would like to ask me, feel free to text through right about now. It is 3920. Text me and we'll, you can ask me anything you want about anything. It's 128 in Auckland, 528 in San Francisco. See you on the other side. Rebet Live. Live from Silicon Valley. The hub of the tech universe. With tips on unleashing your entrepreneurial potential. On Today FM. Back at it. I played Scribe again because we want to. Joined here by TT Exec Producer. Uh, this is Ask Rebet. Uh, we have questions that have been sent through and we can ask them. Are you there, TT? Join the show. I am here. Let's have a look here. What do we got? All right. First one, there's a few here to get through. Uh, Amanda from Auckland. When should you call time on something? I'm assuming she means like a business or a venture or some something like that. Am I being resilient by sticking it out or stupid? Depending on the timing, but most time uh, resiliency is sort of Sheila's naivety if they don't look at the hard numbers of a certain thing. Let's say you're going out and the timing's not working. Uh, one thing you need to think about is is the market listening because the market has no emotion and the market has no feeling and the market is unemotional to you, your product or your feelings and if the market ain't popping with what you're providing or the people that you'd think would want it are clearly telling you they don't want it because they are not either engaging with it at all, it might be time to listen. One of the biggest dangers that happens though is the stubbornness and arrogance of entrepreneurs and business owners misconstrued the market saying no for their stubbornness to say, I'm going to fight through and it's going to be sweet. I can just keep going and going and going. 
the answer for this one is self-awareness to look yourself in the mirror and saying, you know, do you have a good product market fit? Is are what you provide into the ecosystem actually relevant and wanted? And a lot of the times when the numbers are saying no, the market is saying no, that unfortunately is time where you need to either repivot, tweak or move on. So that would be the that would be the thinking there. Just on that though, how do you know? Because we, we hear so many stories of, of entrepreneurs, successful people saying, everybody told me I couldn't do it. Everyone said no. They said, you can't do that. And then I did it. You know, and it's such a, it's almost a cliche story. How do you know when you are the visionary and other people can't see what you can see? Or like you said, when you're being stubborn and you're not listening to the market? Because you need to think about the intersection of your talent into the timing of the marketplace. For example, if you know that the market's going to a certain spot, so say for example, in one of my companies, it was uh, you know digital video production stuff. I knew that all the TV money was coming into the digital landscape. I knew that in the case of two to three years, all of the energy and money was going to come into where I was playing. So I pos- strategically positioned myself in the spot where I knew the hockey puck was going. It's like the Richie McCord documentary. He wasn't the fastest on the field, but he could get to where he knew the ball was going. Mm. Positioning your you in the spot of where the puck is going is one of the biggest things of all time. That's timing and also then a, a little bit of luck. But the majority of people are usually too stubborn to really see it for what it is. Um, but in some certain spots when, when they've got it, the the that definitely the outliers, they go on that own little uh, track. And I've done the same thing similar, but at the end of the day, um, if the market says no, then the answer mm. is no. <laughs> because you right. to, if, if it's not selling, you don't have the cash, so you're stuffed anyway, right? Yeah, totally. Uh, Amanda, I hope that answered your question. Next one is from Danny in Christchurch. A little bit, uh, a little bit more fun, I think. Robert, he says, Robert, what is the meaning of life? Good luck. Fun. Good luck. Would it be a little bit of fun? That's going that's going more deceptively deep than we had potentially thought. Um, what is the meaning of life? Obviously have fun and smiling, but I do have a thing which I use and it's called life regrettage percentage. And what a life regrettage percentage is is when I was 30 years old, I got asked at a, a conference, hey, Robert, what's like your biggest regret? And I said... My biggest regret was I think I could have got to where I was at 30 by the time I was 27 if I didn't have as much ego and arrogance and alpha rara, alpha male bullshit in my early 20s thinking I could do everything myself. So at the age of 30, I could have got there at 27, so I lost three years. So if you divide the three by the 10, by the 30, I would have had a life regrettage percentage at 30 years old of 10% because I wasted three years doing dumb shit. So I would rather that, so the way I think about it with um, the meaning of life for me or time is I think of what do I choose to do that brings me smiles that's not going to add to my life regrettage percentage. So so, so the life regrettage is the, is the overarching most time. important number for you. That's, yes. Okay. What's it, sitting at, what's it sitting at right now? Well, it was, it, when I was 30, it was 10%. And now that I feel I've played catch up a bunch and I've probably over indexed, especially on the, the, the personal Infano time through COVID and stuff, I'm totally stoked. I'm at zero. zero. It's like life's good. I'm happy. And I'm, I choose to put my time where I want to be. You know, like I could be anywhere in the world right now, but I choose to be here with UTT on a Saturday doing this. Why? Because I, I love it. I enjoy it. You know, I've done, yeah. you know, this is episode 304. Like I, I genuinely um, feel that with my time, as soon as you're doing things by choice, um, your life becomes so much 
more enjoyable because you're choosing your time and your energy to be in those spots. Okay. So I, I play the game of what's the meaning of life? Smile and do good things and help. Don't be an asshole and do and and have fun and enjoy it because life is definitely definitely short and it's one of the things. But you know, life regression cool. percentage is how I play. All right, Danny. There you go. That's uh, that's the meaning of life. And then we've got Doug in Wanaka. Big one here. Doug says, first off, I just want to congratulate you for your free hugs gig. Awesome thing to do. Just explain to me. I'm not aware of this, Robert. What was the free hugs gig? Uh, Basically, it was the concept of, you know, if someone's having a shitty day, if they need a hug, offer one. Pretty oh, that's simple. nice. That's yeah, really cool. It's like, hey, do you need a hug? All right. Well, congratulations from me as well on that. That's very nice. Oh, um, awesome thing to do, to do and needed very much by so many. Uh, Doug goes on to say, my big bugbear at the moment is people like yourself ooh, jetting all over the world, telling others how to run their business and make more there. money, et cetera, et cetera. But... Doug goes on. The planet is in the shit environmentally because of us stupid humans and our use and abuse attitudes of the planet. What are you going to do? I think he means you there. What are you going to do to educate people and stop the stupidity from continuing? Oh, I mean, I like the subtle jab. Appreciate that. Well crafted. Uh, I like the intent. And I also think there's, there's some actual depth and relevance to where he's going, which is the point of... When everyone talks about you know i actually put a post up about this you know everyone talks about peace but we still got war everyone talks about you know balance but we still saw over index on stuff but specifically when it comes to stupid humans doing stupid things abusing the planet with business and stuff there's something going on our side which i think is good the power of the consumer is starting to choose where they allocate their capital and the the expectations of brands that they engage with is getting elevated to a point where there's almost an expectation of good that needs to be done for more than just the business. For example, uh, what are you doing to give give back? How are you making this thing more equal? Um, they're even looking at, when you're looking at potential tech players with uh, say, you know, blockchain and different bits and pieces, how ethical are our goods that we're getting? Can you show us the end to end of where this is coming from and is this ethically and morally good? So the answer for that commercially is consumers as a whole, a, major, a lot more of the majority are starting to, um, starting to vote with their dollar. And one of the things I probably would say is consumers as a collective have way more power than you think when they start choosing where to spend the dollar collectively. Mm. Because those businesses that they bitch about and those corporations that they give shit and all this other stuff, like great, but unless you are directly in their line of sight, that's going to affect their bottom line, or you're going to take shift the thing that they care about, which is profit and money and shareholder value, they don't care. So the great thing is now when businesses are coming along trying to do good for the planet, good for each other, good for their staff, good for the community, so much of those are happening. So the challenge for is actually for CEOs to embrace uh, more of that and do better products and services. And for the consumer would be... Um, don't be naive to think that your dollar doesn't matter because the collective dollar and the collective voice, once it is aligned, becomes a pretty powerful thing, which is uh, is very, very enticing and has to be listened to because as soon as the dollar talks, uh, a lot things happen real quick. Mm. Thank you very much. It is interesting, though, because I wonder how, how much pressure should be on enterprise to push this social you know social change environmental change all of those things that we we all want to work towards for the greater good 
how much pressure is on enterprise to lead from the front in regards to that as opposed to i know you were saying that the power of the dollar when people put their dollars together but that that takes a long time to do it that way right yes and no because in a competitive environment when these corporates are going against each other points of differences as simple as you know offsetting your carbon emissions on a flight or you know changing from you know plastic to, to, to metal straws or whatever these things may be collectively when the business starts telling the better story that it's doing better for everyone else and not just the business that starts becoming uh, a really kind of key point of difference for these for these different companies so in that respect it's 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 a bit of a no-brainer Hmm. We've got one more question in here. This wasn't on um on our initial list, Robert. This one's a fresh one. Uh, it's from Kirk, and I'm interested to see how you answer this one. It's going to be a bit of fun. Oh, jeez. Kirk says, hi, team. I would like your opinion on how to get out of a relationship so I can start another one. I'm not that happy with the part. I shouldn't have, probably shouldn't have said his name. I'm not that happy with the partner I'm with. And with all the changes in life, I think a good time is better than a long time. From... Oh, mystery man <laughs> you said you wanted to be a community and lifestyle hey, show robert here you go here's your first curveball well we've talked we've talked like 80 percent um you know like business and we're going to other stuff but i think the quick my brain went to when he's saying i would like to get your opinion on how to get out of a relationship so i can start another i think that's everything that's wrong with that conversation because the aren't the the solution isn't jumping to the next thing the solution for yourself should be i mean I mean, there's a, there's a podcast that I'm sure TT could probably tell you about. I wonder if Kirk was listening to that chat and that's why he's... You need to listen to that chat. Uh, if, in my opinion, and I mean, I'm 36, been married for 10 years. I kind of, I'm starting to learn a few things. What I will say is happy wife, happy life, and you'll never win. But uh, what I would say is when you're phrasing the question to start with by saying, get out of relation to start another, I would just focus on you, dog. If you're not happy in your first one, I would... A, sit down and have an adult conversation with them with what are the key things specifically that you may not be feeling good about in that relationship. Be open and transparent with it because if it's going to get gassed anyway, it's going to be done. But at least maybe there's things bubbling on the other side which you may not be aware of. And I'd rather deal with the uh, consequences of the truth than the hurtfulness of the unknown. Right? And the consequences of the truth you could be finding out by actually having that conversation. So the answer, Kurt, is not lily padding to the grass is always greener to hook up with the next no kurt no bad boy it's not going to learn anything because then you're going to get the next one and then something's going to pop up and you're going to lily pad again don't be a lily frog dog stop look yourself in the mirror have a conversation a tough conversation and at least be honest with them and yourself with what's bubbling away so far and i can almost guarantee if you had a truly honest conversation something on the side might pop up which you may not be aware of so i would communicate with the relationship you've got be totally transparent and uh but to answer the question is i don't think happiness of a solution from one situation is jumping onto the next because you're going to mm-hmm. be bringing that baggage with you and um, there. Oh man, we went Dr. Phil for a second. We I did. thought we were talking about economy and chief economist. Next thing we know, we're trying to help Kurt stop going for on a little slaycation making bad decisions <laughs> through up in April. Jeez, yeah. Kurt. There you oh go. I'll, I'll, I'll round it out with this one before the break, Robert. Um, sure. This, this is from Crystal in Auckland. No question here. Uh, just oh. kudos. Love your story. Love following your travels, love learning from you, but especially love that drive to not be boxed in by boundaries. From where we came from to where we are, it just blows my mind. Good on you. Don't forget your roots, my friend. That's from Crystal. Oh, thanks, Crystal. Appreciate it. Um, 
couple things. One is the game is changing a little bit. You know, the the, the boundaries. Don't be boxing by the boundaries. You know, I I was failed high school, failed, failed maths, couldn't get into university. Not I'm not that smart of a cookie when it comes to the book stuff. Um, but I feel that you know, boundaries and getting put in boxes. It's the biggest. Um, it held so many people back mentally with what they can and can't do. So I'm like stuff all that noise. Appreciate it. It's kind of a kind of a good one. Appreciate the uh, the good little section on on. Um, on uh, Ask Rebet, uh, someone just texts through, is the cricket on the station? Uh, no, the cricket's not on the station. Sorry, mate, this is uh, Rebet Live. But but after this, we've actually got a pretty epic sports show getting into Mark Paird and stuff, which we'll be getting into, which we'll probably be talking all about that, but that's going to be coming up in a little bit. Uh, we're going to be jumping on to um, a bit of a um, some advertising. We've got to pay them bills, so make sure that TT keeps rolling and the apple juice gets flowing. Uh, after the break, we have banter with Bruce. Mentor. Sherpa. Counselor. Nah, just a clever guy doing cool shit. It's Rebet Live on Today FM. Kicking off the second now, about to finish off. 5.47 here, at, uh, 1.47 in Auckland, 5.47 in San Francisco. Uh, and if you are looking for the cricket, download the Rover app and there's the Black Caps Radio. Download the Rover app, Black Caps Radio. And there's also sport It's going to be coming up here with the bro, Mark. Mark Paird. Um, now it's time for banter with Bruce. Who is Bruce Perlbar, the CEO of Spirit of Adventure? He's been married for 30 years. Absolutely smart when it comes to corporate and community and all sorts of bits and pieces. Welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? I'm good. How are you, mate? I'm rolling. Feeling a lot more, um, uh, a lot more in flow today than 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 week one. <laughs> like there's a lot more in flow. I'm I'm, it's, I'm feeling good. How's it? How's the week been? How, how's the how's the body? How's the whanau? How's life? Yeah, no, whanau's good. We're just sitting here. I'm just sitting here looking out at the beautiful Hauraki Gulf. It's a beautiful day here in Auckland. As uh, as well, you won't know, but I can tell you it is. And um, no, it's been a good week. It's been a busy week, but it's been a good week. All right, so uh, banter with Bruce. Each week we we connect up with you. You've got um, you know good insights. We obviously um, you know we've been homies for a while. Uh, what's been bubbling on your mind this week, my friend? Well, it's interesting. We we're sort of talking about last week when we sort of um, talked about kind of finding your new way forward. I guess when we're, when it's been kind of tough for everybody, right? And taking away that blame culture on yourself and that sense of failure and realizing that things are often outside your control and so how do you how do you pick yourself up and move forward and of course COVID's been a big thing for us all right um, but it's nothing you can control it's it's completely out of your control so um, I've sort of been moving into the space of kind of well how do you set your personal values how do you set your sort of personal mantra for life um, and something you can fall back on when the times get hard. Do you think most what percentage of people would have a life mantra, you feel? I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, my, my within our family, Amanda and I have always had one, and we've lived by it. Like, people know us know, uh, know us by it. What is it? Um, and our, uh, it's, it's real simple. So it's Atua or God or spirituality, whatever, whatever that is for you. Um, and then for us, so it goes sort of God, family, everything else. And it, it's hmm. so simple, but basically what I'm saying is that work fits into everything else. People wanting my time away from my family fits into everything else. So it really is having a higher power or something that you, for us, you know, um, whatever spirituality is for you, right? And then, but sitting right underneath that is it that we've always taken the sense of family started with Amanda and I, like we are a family, and then our kids are in addition to that, but we're gonna fight for that always, and that's always gonna be our priority. And we're not going to allow other things in life which can creep in and take that, take you away from that, 
uh, destroy what we've committed to each other. Um, and it seems to have worked so far for 32 years, which has been great. <laughs> it's, it's it. I, my brain goes to Bruce thinking about um, businesses have mission statements and value statements and goals, yeah. and visions, whatever. But personally with relationships and whanau and friends and, and whatever, even just personally for everyone's life, I don't think they do. <laughs> like we're, No. That's quite, it's interesting. Why is that a case where in business we have, we set goals and missions, but then personally, I mean, the fact you've even got your own, you know, mantra for yourself with, you know, Atua Fano and everything else. What do you think that is? I, th- I think what happens is that life takes off really quickly. You go to university, you get your degree or whatever that is for you. I didn't get a degree, I don't think you have either, but you know what I'm trying to say. You kind of get into that apprenticeship, you get into work, then you buy your first house, you might get into a relationship, then you have kids, and then suddenly you realise you're 50. And I think for us, in our family we went actually no we're going to set the rules of our life and we're going to say these are the parameters that we're going to put around our life and I've left jobs because of my family and I know that sounds quite pretentious to say that how could I afford to do that but I kind of think well if you've got that attitude of of looking after them but looking after your family first you will find a job if that's the case so um, for us it just became an important thing to live by and our kids live by it as well like our kids are in their 20s now and they still have that sort of quite solid value it's kind of followed through to them and that um that people you know the people that we love and are close to us are actually worth a lot of our effort if not most mm-hmm. of it um and you know work helps you know pay for that i guess yeah are, are these you know mantras and goals and missions and visions do you proactively instill those into your into your kids and how have you done that yeah, well, when we did it, because you got young kids, right, mate? So yeah, three and so four. Yeah. What we used to, yeah, what we used to do with our kids is, and we used to say things like, "In our family, we." So if if someone was being rude to somebody, we would go to our kids. Look, in our family, we are not rude to others. You know, uh, or in our family, wording. yeah. We. So we started to bring those sorts of values because you want pe- you want our kids, you want your kids to have a, have a diverse way of thinking. You want them to think about values. You want to think that them to start thinking about equality because, you know, they're the ones that we're going to put into the world beyond us. So I guess that's where it started and it sort of just became our family way. It just sort of became our mantra. Uh, and and, um, and my kids have called me up on it. Like when, when I've had times in my life where I haven't been living to that mantra, my kids have said to me, hey, work's in the way and we're missing out and that's not the way we do things in this house. So let's have a talk about that. That what your kids call you up on that? Hell yeah! That's <laughs> so awesome. Yeah, well, I had a business once and it was doing well, but they weren't seeing me. I was on a plane traveling the world and doing all that sort of stuff. And I came home one day. It was a glass of wine sitting on the bench, and I was like, "Well, that's good. Who's that for?" And they said, "It's for you." And as I started drinking it, my three kids came out of the dark and <laughs> sort of confronted me. You got an intervention. You got said, a commercial intervention from the Farno. It was an intervention. And they just said, hey, Dad, I thought our family motto was God, family, everything else. At the moment, it's everything else, family and God. Like, you, 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 you're you, completely focused. We're not seeing you. And we're not happy about that. And they were, what, 15, 13, and 12? Jeez. Um, Savages, mate, in the what, pool brows. Well, it is savage, but it's cool, isn't it? Don't you think? I just don't think awesome. we. I don't think we pause enough in life to think about what are we gonna, what are we gonna be known for, and what am mm. I gonna be known for? What impact are we gonna make on the world? And there's a business impact. I get that, but there needs to be a personal one as well. 
Absolutely epic. Well, I really appreciate that. I like the, the changing of, of the words. Uh, Bruce, I hope you have an awesome rest of the week with Fano, uh, Atua Fano, and everything else. Very cool indeed, changing yeah, the, the names and the words uh, to make a difference and, and coming up with those personal mantras. So really appreciate your time once again. Oh, he's a smart man, old Bruce. Thanks for joining <laughs> us. Absolutely, absolutely awesome. Um, legend. Coming up after the break, uh, what do we learn this week? And then we go, we're going to be talking to Mark. Future hype, sport, all sorts of bits and pieces. And if you are tuning in to, to get the radio, to get the uh, the cricket, uh, download the Rover app, Black Caps Radio. See you after the break. Live from San Francisco. And streaming now on Facebook Live. It's Rebet Live with how to turn your passion into profit. On Today FM. A very cool show today, Rebet Live. It is 1.57 in Auckland, 5.57 in San Francisco. Coming up next is going to be the bro, Mark Pear, talking about all things sport. Uh, what have I learned today? A couple of quick things. Uh, number one, uh, digitalboost.co.nz. You should check it out for your small business. They've just launched a thing called Checkable. You can make your uh, plug in your website and your socials, and it can uh, automatically tell you what you're doing uh, right and bad. Number two thing I learned this week is uh, changing the wording of we with um, with your whanau. Our family does this. Our family does that. And setting the expectations of of that. And the third thing, I've got a little book here. And my little book is my mum wrote this for me. And it's from end to end. It's filled with a whole bunch of different stuff. And I'm randomly open it to one page. And the little saying for that she said is, wisdom is better than strength. There you go. Pretty good. Uh, coming up next on the show is uh, Mark Paird. Mark, we're going to be talking sport. Uh, we are. There, there's a cricket. How are you, my bro? We're all uh, hyped. What's what's popping? We are pumped. Alfano do things different. See what I did there? I'm already learning. There you go. You. See? See? Alfano, we, we do sport different. Uh, this week, too, I'm really excited. Have you ever heard of a guy named Cor uh, Venez? No, but he sounds like it'd be an awesome Instagram account. Uh, he certainly is. You should go and follow him. He's uh, a slap fighter champion, professional heavyweight <laughs> slap fighter out of Hawaii. So we, we, we got him on the show. We're going to be talking to him about Will Smith's slapping technique. Oh, there we go. Excited to hear that. Uh, stay tuned for Mark Peer coming up on Sport here on uh, Today FM. Very excited. Uh, cool day. Really appreciate everything. Thanks to TT. Thanks to all the crew. Uh, feel free to download uh, if you're into the cricket. Download the Rover app right now. Black Caps Radio is going to be rolling along. Uh, my name's Ruben Rebet Hollis. Hope you've enjoyed it. This has been fun day. Fun times for episode 304. Uh, be good, be great, do good stuff. And I hope that everyone has an awesome rest of the day, whatever you're doing, wherever you're at. Uh, good times, good vibes. I'll see you all soon. Peace.